Today, I'm going to be doing a one uh, teaching, um, something the Lord put in my heart this week. And I love this new year that we're coming into, January 1st, because we always do our annual 21 day of prayer and fasting. 21 days of prayer and fasting. And every year, God always does something so special during those 21 days. It's just like the Lord honors us when we set that time aside and corporately and also individually. And I have seen God do so many incredible things during those 21 days. And I know, and, and actually going into the rest of the year, and I know this because we have this expectancy during that fast. You know, we've all set it apart, and we're all excited, and, and we got our vision sheet out and all of that. And I felt like the Lord said, I want you to put your expectancy out for my wonders now. God wants us to get expectant for the miracles to show up in our life. And, you know, Habakkuk talks about, Habakkuk 1-1 talks about um, to write the vision down and make it plain. And something that I really want to challenge us and I'm challenging myself before the end of this year is I want to see God do the miraculous in my life and in this church. And we have to stir up our faith and we have to stir up an expectancy to see God do the unusual things in our life. So I'm not talking about just the uh, maybe the past of what we've experienced, but I'm talking about where only God can do what he's going to do. Those wonders of God. And we're going to talk about that this morning. And so Habakkuk says to write down that vision so he or she who reads it can run with it. So we have to aim in our life, whatever you want different in your life, whatever miracle you need, whether it be financially, spiritually, in a marriage with your children, let's get that vision down on paper right now. Let's start to dream the biggest things that God can do because he'll meet you where your faith is activated, amen? And I know it's going to be in the unusual and the unexpected ways. How many are ready for God to do something unusual and unexpected. I'm believing God for so many amazing things this year, and I'm putting my faith out there as we do it. So what's important, my message is called um, The Wonders of God, expecting the, expecting the Wonders of God. And when you want the wonderful things of God, you can't look in your past. You can't keep living in the past. The wonders of God are right in front of you. And you can't see them yet. They're on the other side of this faith wall, maybe an obstacle or a block or a resistance of the enemy. But the wonders of God are only ahead of us. And we have to look to see what God sees in this season and not what we see in the natural. Because the whole world right now is pretty crazy, isn't it? How many of you are so done with the way things look right now? I literally, you know, I'll just tell myself, you know, we have to wear our masks everywhere. And yes, as a pastor, I do get in my flesh and get ornery sometimes. And I went into this department store and I'm like, I'm not putting on my mask. I'm just over it. And, uh, and usually sometimes you can get away with it. But I walked in. I think the Holy Spirit was trying to put me in check, you know, like, girl, you're going to submit. But I'm like, I'm just so frustrated. And so I walked in the door and the lady goes, oh, do you have a mask? And I'm like, no. And I just stormed out of the door. And I was so mad because I'm like, I really wanted this dress that was in that store. And my flesh got in the way. So we can look at what we see in the natural, right? And it can put us in a position of pause. Instead of saying, no, God is still moving ahead. God is still on the throne. The kingdom of God is still moving forward. Amen. Even though the world seems like it went on pause. So God is saying, don't look to what was behind you, but look to what's ahead of you. Amen. Moving forward in faith. And what does that take? That takes our imagination. 
So we're going to have to take time in the last part of this year and sit down. If you're married, get your spouse together. Come into agreement. Start dreaming and believing God for these wonders to happen, the supernatural wonders of God. Amen? I know every year, and I say this every year, I write down, I sit down, I take it so serious, and I, I dream for the church. I put tons of vision out there for the church. I give my own personal vision and what I want God to do for me. And every year, God shows up. Every year, by the end of that year, he has manifested the things that I wrote down because I put my faith out there. I was looking for it. No matter what came against me, I had the vision in front of me, but I'm aiming for that. I know the enemy's coming here, and it looks contrary, but I've got what God said, what the Lord put in my spirit, and I'm going to keep looking unto him and not at what I see. Amen? And so God fulfilled all those things, and every year I say to myself, why didn't I write down more? Every year. So last year I wrote down more, and guess what? God met me there. So this year I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to go even bigger this year. Amen? Let's believe God for some incredible things that only God can do. We really need the supernatural hand of God to show up. If we get stuck um, looking back and, and getting stuck in this season, we'll never move on to see what God says. We'll be stuck in this spot for a long time. And I am determined to not go into 2021 the same way we are in 2020. I don't want to go in. I want to go, God, this was a season where we've been walking through this tunnel of faith. It's been dark. It's been unsure. But guess what? Our faith has grown. You may not feel like it, but you have been faithful. You've been trusting God. You've been showing up when you didn't have to show up. And God has been expanding your temples to the left and to the right. And the Bible says that he will fill it with good things once it's been expanded. So you've been in this walk of faith. We've been trusting God. We've been faithful. We don't know what it's going to look like, but God does. And because of that, our resistance is so strong that when we get on the other side, we're going to have unbelievable faith for miracles. Amen. You ever had somebody just hold down your arm and hold it down and hold it down, and then when they let it go, it's like your arm. You ever done that like on the wall or whatever? Because resistance makes us stronger. So we are coming out stronger this year. We are coming out with great faith this year. And that's why I'm saying put your expectancy way out there. Just tease God. Say, okay, God, really? Let me just tease you a little bit because I'm going to put my faith that only you can show up. Amen? We can't stay in the same spot. Let's get ready for what God's about to do. The harvest is ripe in North Phoenix, Arizona. There's a harvest that has to come into the kingdom of God, and they are coming. I see the people coming. I see this church flooded with believers that are going to give their heart to Jesus, get filled with the Holy Spirit, get on fire for the kingdom of God. Amen. And we've got to be ready for that. So let's talk about three things this morning and having the wonders of God show up in our life. Number one, you have to expect the wonders of God. You have to expect it, meaning we're not going to get up tomorrow and just aim at whatever and hope our life changes. No, we're going to have a determination this year. We're going to get our target, amen. And maybe it's only one or two things that you really, you know, if you don't want to make a 50 list or whatever, but you know the most important things, you're going to aim at those things this year. I'm not bringing that into the next year. I'm not going to be in a tug of war with the enemy next year. I'm going to get free once and from all, from all that garbage that's trying to hold me back. Amen. So you've got to expect it. So I want us to look at Nehemiah 
I love the study of Nehemiah. Usually in um, training of leadership, you talk a lot about Nehemiah. And then this portion of the story that I'm going to read to you is so powerful because Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king. I mean, what a job to have, right? It's kind of like bittersweet, like you could die at any sip, but then you get all the delicacies of the kingdom and all the finery. But he was faithful to his position. But listen, he had a heart for Jerusalem. Because Jerusalem, there was no temple for the Israelites to worship in. It had been torn down. The Israelites had been taken captive. And he had a burning passion on the inside of him to go rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and give the people a place to worship again and give God honor. And only that can come from God. And have you ever been in your walk with God and if you've been serving him long enough where you just say, God, here I am. I'm going to give you my all. You forsake the comfortable things of life, right? You gave all that up and you came into Jesus and you said, I'm going to rebuild my life. I'm going to rebuild the walls. I want God to be all in and through everything. And then the enemy is right on your tail and knocking it down. Oh, a quiet church. But we can relate to that. And what happened is he got all of the Israelites together. He got them excited. He gave them the vision. He said, I'm going to leave what's comfortable, and we're going to build a place for God to worship. But guess what? The enemy wasn't happy with that. And the moment you decide to say, God, here I am, rebuild me, the enemy hates you. He's not happy with your decision to do that. And the enemy kept sneaking in the back doors, and everything they would build, they would tear it down. In the middle of the night. The enemy would come in and bring strife and division. People from another land to try to break away the unity. Why? Because the, God, the enemy does not want unity to rebuild who you are in Christ. Enemy's going to be on your tail trying to tear down everything. But this is the season to say, I'm not going to let. I'm going to be focused on where God wants us to be focused. And Nehemiah, being the great leader that he was, he understood that the people were troubled and they were frustrated. And I feel like in this world, we can be so frustrated with what's going on. And when you see it, you see, hi, people are on 10 and they're overwhelmed and, and think there's a lot going on. And so Nehemiah said, let's get the people back where they need to be focused. And this is what my passion is for the church and for faith builders. Let's get back to where God has called us to be. Let's not be frustrated. Let's put the past behind us. Where God didn't show up, where there wasn't the miracle, it doesn't matter. What the enemy stole, it doesn't matter. We're going to look unto Jesus in this season, right? We're going to get our faith back. We're going to get our hope back. We're going to get a zeal for the house of the Lord. And in reality, I, told, I said this in first service, God's already been depositing joy in this house. In the last month or so, every week there's just joy coming up. Not a natural joy, but a joy of the Holy Spirit. I see it on your faces. I see the freedom that God is releasing in your heart, and the enemy doesn't like it. So we have to stay focused on what God is doing. Amen? So here they are. They're all frustrated. They want to quit, and this is what Nehemiah does in verse, um, chapter 8, verse 8. He says this. So they read distinctly from the book which is the law of God, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. What was Nehemiah doing? He said, hey, listen, I know there's a lot going on right now, and I know that you're discouraged and defeated, but let's look to see what God sees. What does God say in this season? That word, to, he said, I'm going to help them have understanding. It means to discern, it means to perceive, and it means to grasp. God wants his kids to have a discernment in this season. 
He wants you to see with the eyes of the Spirit. I've been saying this word discernment for quite a few weeks. If you've been, been hearing by the Lord, God wants us to have discernment. He wants you to recognize the enemy when he shows up. But he also wants you to recognize the time that we're living in. Not the natural time. What is God saying in the Spirit? What is the miracles and the wonders of God that we discern in here but we're not seeing out here? So when you understand what God is saying now and you understand the moment, now God can give you your joy back and now God can give you your faith back to persevere, to fulfill the assignment of God to the miracle to happen. So he had to get them back in faith. He said, I need you to have an understanding. And listen, a spiritual revival does not come to people until they clearly understand the plan. So if we want personal revival, and I know you do, and we want corporate revival, amen, we want that for our city, but we have to understand the season that we're living in. And it means it's not a season of sorrow, thank you, Jesus. It's not a season of abandonment from God, thank you, Jesus. This is a blessed season of God. There is favor, there is blessings, there is breakthrough, there is healing, there is your dreams, there is your desires. God is an unlimited God with unlimited resources. And when you discern that, you'll put your faith out here, and then listen, one day the blessing is just going to knock you down. Why? Because I've got my faith out here, God. I'm expecting this season for the wonders of God to show up in my life. Amen? Then he goes on to say, verse 9, And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, He's trying to give them an understanding of the season. This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep. That's our word from God. Listen to what God is saying. It's not a season to mourn and weep. It's time to let those things go. For all the people wept when they heard the word of the law. What were they looking for? They were looking for hope. They wanted to fulfill their purposes. They wanted to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. They were just disappointed. They were tired. They were overwhelmed. They wanted to go back to what was comfortable instead of what was uncomfortable. Now look at verse 10. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, Drink the sweet and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. He's saying, listen, it's time to go eat, drink, and be merry. It's time to wipe our face and receive the joy of the Lord back in our life again. Amen. No more sorrow. He turns your sorrow into mourning, right? Mourning time. God wants to give you joy back. He wants to give you your hope back. He I heard this word of the Lord this week. He said, I want to give them a zeal for my house once again. A zeal for the house of God, amen. And that kind of zeal can only come from the power in the presence of God. But he's trying to get them to discern, listen, it's time to be happy. It's time to put the sorrow behind us, amen. Depression, go in Jesus' name. Overwhelming about the world, go. God has the world under control. Let's keep our mind on the kingdom. Let's keep it on Jesus. Let's keep it on souls, amen. Let's keep it on giving life away instead of taking the burden that doesn't belong to us anyway. He said, go, have a party. It's time to have your joy back. So the Levites, in verse 11, said, so the Levites quieted all the people. Now, Levites built the temple of God. The Bible says the Levites quieted the people. And what did they say? Be still. 
for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. I talked on that a, a couple weeks ago about being still. We just need to rest in the presence of God, amen? We just need to be still before the Lord and have ears to hear what the Spirit has to say. It's time for us just to slow down a little bit and, and, and unclutter the world, unclutter the noisiness, right? And just say, God, I'm going to get with you, and I'm going to get quiet, and I'm going to be still. Lord, what are you trying to say to me? What are you saying to me, God, in this season? Is this a hopeful season? Do you have good things for my family? We need to be still and hear what God says. Verse 12, and all the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions and, great, and rejoiced greatly because they understood the words that was declared to them. Amen. When you understand the season, that it is a good season ahead of us, you can go and you can be happy. Now, I want you to look over in the next chapter. Um, now what he's trying to say to them is, I want you to look at the behavior of the forefathers, the children of Israel that came from Egypt in bondage and slavery, and God was trying to bring them to the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, and he brings a remembrance to them. He says, you need to remember what your forefathers did wrong. Because you can't make the same mistake that your forefathers made because the first generation never made it into the promised land. And so he, he reminds them, he said in verse 9, and you saw the affliction of our fathers in Egypt and you heard their cry in the Red Sea. He said, remember where they were murmuring and they were complaining and they never trusted me. He said, remember what they did so you don't make the same mistake. We've got to remove grumbling from our life, amen? We've got to remove murmuring and complaining from our life. We are going to trust Abba God. We're going to trust the great I am that he is bringing us to breakthrough. He is bringing us to deliverance and freedom, amen? If we keep our eyes on Jesus, he said, don't forget the mistakes they made because I don't want you to make the same mistakes. And in verse 17, 9 verse 17, he said this about the children of Israel. And they refused to obey. Now, I'm going to stop right there because you look at that word obey like they did something right, they did something wrong. But that word obey means this. It means they refused to hear. They refused to consent and agree with what God was saying. So God is saying, wait a minute, it's the time of miracles, it's the time of breakthrough, I'm bringing you to the promise no matter what the obstacles look like, but they refused to agree with what God was saying. And we can look at everything in our life and be disappointed, or we can say, God, I'm going to trust you at your word. It is going to be the anchor of my soul. I'm going to cling to my faith. I'm going to cling to the truth of the word of God, and I'm going to consent to obey what you are saying in this season. And all he's saying is look with expectancy. Look for the wonders of the kingdom of God. But they refused to consent to God. Neither were they mindful of your wonders. That word mindful, that word mindful means memory of your wonders. They forgot the miracles that God did in their life. They didn't look back, even though there's an obstacle here, but God, you delivered us out of the Red Sea. You delivered us from the, the death of spirit that came on earth. You delivered us from all of the plagues. You got us through the Red Sea. God, you did all these miracles and wonders, but I can't see that anymore. They lost focus of the wonders of God and the miracles of God. 
God wants us to remember the miracles that he's done in our life. We can all look back and go, only God could have got me free from that. Only God saved my life at that event. Only God got my husband saved. Remember the wonders of God because when you remember what God did, you will expect what God's about to do. Isn't that exciting? God is opening up in the supernatural realm in this season. There are going to be unbelievable miracles that are going to happen here on earth. I'm telling you, blinded eyes are going to be open. Deaf ears are going to be open. The lame is going to walk. Demons are going to come out of people. They're going to be set free. We are going to see the miraculous wonders of God. And I have such expectancy on the inside of me, I can hardly breathe sometimes. I'm so excited for what the Lord's going to do. But God has to get the church corporately believing that the wonders are just ahead of you. Amen. So remember the wonders of God. They forgot what God did among them. And what did they do? They hardened their necks. That means they were obstinate. They decided, nope, I'm not going to believe God anymore. I'm done. I'm over this journey. Has anybody ever been there before? <laughs> we've all been there. We're tired. And we've done all we know we could do. And we think, God, I can't go another step. And God is saying, yes, you can. I'm with you. I've never left you. I've never forsake you. You're more strong and courageous than you think that you are. It is not over. Don't dig your feet in. Amen. Let's not do that. And what did they say? Because they got obstinate, in their rebellion, they appointed a captain to return to their bondage. They looked around and said, who can lead us back to what is comfortable? Because we want to go back to what we expected, even though it wasn't good and we were in captivity, but at least I know what's going to happen. Instead of trusting God to walk by faith, not by what they've seen, and believe God for the miracles on the other side. Listen, it's so easy to go back to what's comfortable. It's so easy to go back to that safe place, and God is not calling his church back there. He's calling us forward into this amazing land of promises. But we have to trust him. We have to put our faith out there. We have to put our expectancy out there, amen, and know that God is with you. goes on to say, but you are God. No matter what they did, he's saying, no matter what they did, remember he's, re he's reminding the Israelites today, remember that God is good and he is ready. God is ready to perform his miracles for you. God is ready to deliver and heal, amen? And what, what was God ready to do in this scripture? Number one, to pardon them. He means to forgive them. God is ready to forgive you. God is ready to forgive people who have lost their way in Jesus. God is ready to forgive the lost, amen? What else is God ready to do? He's gracious and merciful. You know, our walk with God is a journey, and there's mountaintops, and they're awesome. And then we find ourselves in the valley sometimes, don't we? And we find ourselves sometimes losing our way. But then we get back up, and we climb that mountain again, and it's wonderful. And then we find ourselves in the valley. And God is saying, I'm gracious, and I'm merciful. He doesn't care. As long as you're finding your way back to him is all that matters. Coming into your faith is a process, and God understands that. Coming into your identity in Christ, God understands that, amen. But we have to see that my wonderful God is gracious and merciful to me no matter how many times I fail. Number three, he's slow to anger. Aren't you glad you serve a God who does not get angry with us? Thank you, Jesus. He loves us unconditionally. He's of great kindness. This is the character of God we're talking about. 
And guess what? He never, he did not forsake them. Even in their craziness, even when they lost their way, God never forsake them. God says, I never leave you, and I've never abandoned you. There's nowhere you can go from the presence of God, amen. And if we're keeping our eyes focused on Jesus, he will get us to the other side of this thing. God is of great goodness and wonder to the, to the children of Israel. All right, let's look at the definition of wonders this morning before I go on. Wonders is an incredible word that God wants you to expect. The wonders of God is extraordinary. Let's believe God for some extraordinary things, amen? The wonders of God ponders God's greatness, I'm thinking about how good God is, and God is so much bigger than me. It surpasses your own power to make it happen. We need God to show up in this situation, amen? For God to win this city, we need God. It's beyond our own power. We can give every program. We can do everything perfect, but we need God's power to show up and manifest these miracles, amen? That's the wonders. We need the wonders of God, the feeling of surprise in our life. How many would like some surprises to knock on your door in this next month? I want the surprises of God. I'm believing God. I don't even know what I need to be surprised with, but just surprise me, God. I'm good. I'll take whatever you have for me. Amen. My heart is so open and flooded with the expectancy of God. I have so much expectancy for every one of you in this room and watching your families and to watch you get set free and to see the ministry here. This is a part of my expectancy. I am, I am desiring the wonders of God in this church to be opened up, not in your families, but also into this community, amen? The wonders of God is the unexpected things of God in our life, having that expectancy of the unexpected, where that miracle just shows up, that phone call happens, amen? That promotion happens, that favor happens, where you're just looking to Jesus, and all of a sudden the blessings of God are chasing you down. That's the wonders of God when we are expecting, amen? So we're talking about the unexpected, the things that surprise us. So I want us to look at Luke this morning, Luke chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 28. And this is the incredible story of Mary who was given the message that she was about to give birth to the Son of God. And this was a surprise that knocked on this young woman's door. And I know we hear her story every year. We know she carried the Son of God. But sometimes I think we can forget to realize that she was just a normal little girl. Just like us, human feelings, emotions. And all of a sudden, she's just about her day as a young girl planning her wedding, about to get married. In verse 28, it says, the angel came to Mary and said, having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And that sounds so amazing, doesn't it? Like I'm standing here this morning, and I'm like, you're blessed, you're favored. And you guys are like, yeah, you're buying into it. But when you walk out the door, there's a reality on the inside of you that says, but not for me. And how is that going to happen? Because we can sit in this atmosphere where you feel the anointing and you feel the power of God, but you walk out and this inner side of you cannot buy into what God is really saying. And this is what, where Mary's at. She, out of nowhere, this angel said, you're blessed and highly favored. And she's like, whoa, wait a minute. What the heck does that mean? And you look in verse uh, 29, but when she saw him, she was troubled. It means that she was thoroughly shaken and at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. 
How many of us walk out our door into life and we're thoroughly shaken? How could God do that miracle for me? How could God give me the desires of my heart? How can I have a great marriage? How can I have great children? I don't know, and you feel shaken. Mary was a real girl who got this amazing word from God, but she was shaken. And we see the process of her trying to connect to what God says she was and how she saw herself. So let's look at verse 30. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And you know what that word favor means? Surprise. Translate surprise. You have a surprise, Mary. You're going to carry something that's going to change the whole world forever. God has chosen you. Listen, God has surprises for you. He has the wonders of God, and he has chosen you to usher in the wonders of God in your life and through your life. He has chosen you. Say, he's chosen me. He's chosen me. Say it again. He's chosen you. You sitting there. Not you, the church. Yes, the church is chosen, but God wants you to know you have a wonder of God. Surprise. Your miracles, your marriage is going to be so blessed. You'll be example to others. Surprise, your children are going to serve me. They may be lost now, but I'm going to find them. Surprise. You're going to get promoted at your job. Surprise. That's expectancy, expecting the wonders of God. I don't know how this happened, but God, thank you. I'm worthy of it. I'm deserving of it because I'm his kid. Amen. God wants the very best. You are, your hands are blessed. You are blessed. You have blessings inside of you. Everywhere your feet go, the presence of God goes with you. You should just anoint your feet with oil and walk with the anointing of God. Woo! Jesus, my job is blessed. My car is blessed. Amen. Every, the grocery, grocery store is blessed because I'm walking in. I've got the anointing and the power of God living in me. Not because I'm perfect, but because I have the great I am on my side. I have the Alpha and the Omega on my side. I have the one who fights the battles for me on my side. Amen. I'm expecting the wonders of God because God said in his word it is for me. Surprise. And I'm expecting the surprises of God in this season. And it goes on in verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great and he will be called the son of the, high, son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. This must have been so overwhelming to her. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And look at verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? That's going to be the greatest question when you're trusting God. How can this be? She said, how can I have a son when I've not been with a man? How can this be? And you may have that question on the inside of you. How is it going to happen? I don't know, but God said it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to activate my faith of expectancy for it, amen, because God said it. Verse 35, and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Do you see how you're walking in your expectancy? Through the Holy Spirit and his power. Thank you, Jesus. 
Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now look at verse 37. For with God, nothing will be impossible. How's this going to be? I don't know. But with God, nothing is impossible. No thing is impossible with God. Amen. I don't know how it's going to happen, but God, nothing's impossible with you. And verse 38, this is the key to Mary's blessing. Verse 38, then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Mary had to say yes to what God said. She had to agree to it. No matter how's it going to happen, why'd you choose me? I'm kind of freaking out. I don't get it all. But whatever you said, I trust God. And I believe God fulfilled that miracle in Mary, in Mary because she said yes to what God saw. And if Mary couldn't see it, God would have chosen another Mary or whatever name it was that could see what God sees. See, God's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't have favorites. He doesn't bless over here and bless here because of all of this religiosity. No, he's no respecter of persons. Do you see what God sees? And if you see that, you'll have it. Amen, that's all God sees. We just have to say, that's what God says, what he sees. Sounds like a, what's that book that, Dr. Seuss, it totally sounds like a Dr. Seuss. I lost track of what I was even saying there. <laughs> all right, really quickly this morning. Number two, you have to be comfortable in allowing God to stretch you. Allow God to stretch you. God will take you places beyond your wildest imaginations. Amen. So I want to close this morning in 1 Kings this is so powerful. First Kings 17. It's only going to take a minute, but we need to go through this really quick. But in this chapter, it shows the process of God building our faith. Because listen, walking in faith is a process. You have to build this faith in your life. And if you look at chapter 17, verse 1, Elijah, the prophet um, of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to King Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, except at my word. What happened? The prophet went to the king and said, there's going to be a, um, a drought in the land. It's going to be no rain, no refreshing, until God tells me. And then what did God do? He gave the word, and then God had to relocate Elijah to begin to do the process in his life. There's sometimes that God will relocate you, no, not sometimes, always, in your walk with God for the wonder to take place. So in our walk with God, we've been here with Jesus. We've been serving the Lord. We've had this great walk. And God's like, I need to take you to the next place so that you can receive the wonder. And the next place is the process. So let's see what happened. In verse 2, then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith. Now the brook Cherith, that Cherith name means this. It means cutting. In our walk with God, we receive the grace of God, the love and the forgiveness of God, but he will take us to a new place, and he will begin the cutting process. And that means he gets rid of the garbage in our life. It means he gets rid of behaviors and patterns that aren't going to be there, that can't be there for the next season. He's going to get rid of toxic situations in your life. Allow God to cut you <laughs> in the spirit to get rid of the garbage, because when he cuts you, you can see clearly what he has for you. And so many Christians stay right here, and it's wonderful. You're going to go to heaven, and you're blessed. But God wants to take you to the next place to allow him to chop away the garbage so that you can go into the wonders of God. 
But you can't see the wonders when you got all this garbage, right? Because we keep looking to the past. So let's keep going. Verse 4, and it shall be that you shall drink from the brook, and I will command the ravens to feed you there. Look what happens when you grow to the next step with God. He supernaturally provides for you. The ravens fed him every day. That must have been an incredible experience that the birds fed him every day from heaven. But he trusted God, and he drank from that water, and this was the process. But now I want you to look in verse 7. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up. See, in our walk with God, we're on a journey of this wonder, and we'll go to this place, and guess what? That brook is going to dry up. And it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean that, you know, you got to do all these works. God is saying, no, I dried the brook up to force you to the next place. I didn't dry up the brook to cause you to look back to Egypt. I'm saying this isn't satisfying to you anymore. I can't make you happy here anymore because I have to get you to the next season for the wonder to happen. And so many people right here, they walk away from God. They give up because everything got dry. It's the wilderness experience. And God's like, no, walk by faith. If you listen to me, I dried it up for a reason, and I'm going to bring you to the next place. And in verse 8 says this, then the word of the Lord came to him saying, here it is, it's dry. I've got discernment to hear what God has to say. We have to have discernment in every season. And the Lord came to him saying, arise, go to Zarephath. And Zarephath means a refinery. God's just refining. It's like that last little work everything out. It's like those little bitty places now that God refines you. And when he does that, then you can see the wonders of God in your life. But we can't stay back in Egypt, amen? We can't stay back in past relationship with God, past word revelations. It's time to get into the new. It's time for new revelations. It's time for fresh dew from heaven, amen? It's time for the renewing of the Holy Spirit in our life, the zeal for the house of the Lord. Man, I'm excited for that. That means church is going to be fun, amen? <laughs> it's going to be great. So God will sometimes relocate us to get us to the next place, which is the surprises and the wonders of God. Amen? Amen. Let me pray with you guys. Father God, I thank you this morning for everyone sitting in this room and those watching now or later. Holy Spirit, I know that you are here and you're quickening us. I thank you that you're awakening the church, Father God. I thank you that you're giving us our joy back. You're filling our hearts, Father God, with your spirit and with your zeal and with your power, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that this is the year of miracles, the year of wonders, Father God. And as we come out of this year, Lord, we are going to see the supernatural happen in our lives. God, children are coming back to Jesus. The lost kids are going to come home, Father God. Prodigal sons and daughters are coming back to your house, Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that you're restoring marriages, God, that this is the year of your spirit to be unleashed, Father God in the church and through this world. And Lord, we desire to be a part of all that you have. So God, ignite our faith. Ignite our faith. Let us be on fire for you, Father God. Lord, we're gonna write down, according to Habakkuk, we're gonna write down our dreams and desires, and we know that you are gonna exceed them, Lord God, beyond our wildest imaginations. Lord, I thank you for favor to open up promotions to open up in the name of Jesus. 
divine appointments by your spirit to happen, Father God, that this is the year of connecting for your kingdom and for your purposes, Father God. I thank you. I give you glory, God. Holy Spirit, have your way in this church, in this city, in our lives, our businesses, our families. Have your way. We love you, God. We love you, God. We're going to get back to where we were, Father God. We're getting back to where we started. I want, if you need Jesus this morning, you need to make things right with the Lord, whatever it is, let's just make this confession together. Say, Father God, I'm asking you to forgive me of all my sin, any murmuring, complaining, frustration. And God, I confess to you that I have been tired but I'm letting that go and I'm receiving the oil of joy for the morning in Jesus' precious name.